Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. For the next two weeks, Pardes is bringing Purim to you. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's C. Hirschfield from Pardes in Alone Shvut. Uh, we're on number six in the series of different thinkers, great Jewish thinkers in their approach to Purim. And today I am thrilled to share with you a piece of Torah from the Slonimer Rebbe, Rabbi Sholem Noach Berzovsky, from uh, a collection of Nitivot Shalom on Purim. And it's actually one of my most favorite things on Purim ever, and I'm so excited to share it with you. And he begins by asking the question about this custom of drinking on Purim. And not only drinking on Purim, but what the Talmud says, that a person is obligated to become intoxicated on Purim until they can't tell the difference between cursed Haman and blessed Mordechai. And of course, what does that mean? How could that ever be something positive? Uh, Isn't the most essential thing we do is to judge between good and evil, right and wrong. And here we're being told on Purim that we're somehow supposed to aspire to reach a state where we can't tell the difference. So let me read to you what he says. He begins by quoting, a person is obligated to become intoxicated on Purim until they cannot tell the difference between cursed Haman and blessed Mordechai. Behold, this obligation is one of the most astonishing things about Purim, because Purim is indeed a great and holy day, and there are many elevated things bound up in it. It is like Yom Kippur, right? Yom Kippurim, a day of receiving the Torah through our own desire, through our will that we reach a high level, even higher than Mount Sinai, and the removal of Amalek. And therefore, it would seem it would require a tremendous amount of of a proper mindset. How does this go along with the idea of drunkenness on Purim? And so therefore, in the, in the way of service, what's alluded to here in the language is a person is obligated to become intoxicated through Purim, not to become intoxicated by wine, but through Purim, that a drunkenness of Purim itself is a drunkenness not from wine, but rather from the great revelations of Purim that come to us once a year. In order to explain this matter of to not know the difference between cursed Haman and blessed Mordechai, that is connected to all the major commandments of Purim, the reading of the Megillah, the sending of food to one another, the removal of Amalek, and the acceptance of the Torah willingly that the Jews accepted it upon themselves on this day. For in fact, the matters of Purim divide up into three different areas, three areas of wholeness or the completeness of the service of God. As the Maharal said, completeness in the service of God includes being complete or whole with one's creator, with one's peers, and with oneself. And in all of them, there is an aspect of blessed Mordechai and cursed Haman, that a person is obligated to become intoxicated through Purim, through the holiness of the day, until they cannot tell the difference between cursed Haman and blessed Mordechai. And he goes on to explain what he means and what it is, I think, is a beautiful account of how our judgment, both towards the world, towards God and ourselves, can really block us spiritually in such a profound way. So he begins to talk about our relationship with God. And he says, you know, very often in life, a Jew could be very happy and open and feel very close to God. Things are going well uh, in material matters, 
and he feels God very present in his life, and he feels close to God, and he's able to to undergo trials and difficulties because his relationship is in a place where he feels very connected. But he said, you know, there are also times when a person feels very separate from God and very distant from God. And the whole point is, ideally, a person should know that on a certain perspective, there is no difference. Whether one feels towards God like blessed Mordechai or one feels distant from God like cursed Haman, neither of those feelings present the reality. The reality is, he says, we are always God's children. We are always connected and close to God. Regardless of how we feel at that moment, we have a wholeness in our relationship with God, which is always present. And he says, that's what Purim is trying to teach us. Look past your own judgment and your own perception of where your relationship is with God and understand on a deeper level, your relationship with God is constant because God is always present with you in every situation. And that is having a complete or whole relationship with God. Give up your judgment of being able to determine your relationship with God and move over into a place of understanding that your relationship with God is always present and always there, no matter how it looks from the outside. And then he goes on to talk about relationships with others, where again, we sometimes feel we have friends or colleagues or people that we feel like we're doing great with. They're there for us. We're there for them. We see them as a positive influence in our lives. We see their behavior as behaviors that we should emulate. Uh, We feel great friendship and closeness with them. And then there are people in our lives who we just feel are so hard to be around. They're difficult. Their attitude is difficult. The way they behave bothers us. We don't have patience for them. We see them as a burden in our lives. We see them as posing problems and challenges. And we don't feel good about relationship with them at all. And here comes Purim to remind us, We send Mishloch Manot, we send gifts to everybody. Because at the end of the day, we are bound to one another. We are connected to one another. We are not really apart. That that is just part of the illusion of our judgment that we can know who is the blessed Mordechai in our life and who is the cursed Haman. But that's just an illusion. At the end of the day, All the people in our lives have a role to play. All the people in our lives are important to us. All the people in our lives bring something that we can learn from and that we indeed can also influence in a positive way. And that, again, is the secret of Purim. Put aside that judgment that you have about the people in your life and understand on a certain level, we're all connected to one another. There is a bond. A loving bond underneath it all that connects us even to the people that we feel are so difficult in our lives, we have such a hard time with, and so little patience for. We have a relationship with them too. We have what to learn from them, and they have what to learn from us. Get past your categories of Haman and Mordechai. And then he finally comes to the the example that maybe is most important, how we judge ourselves. Boy, sometimes we feel like we are Mordechai's. We're rocking it, as you young people like to say, if there are young people listening to this. We're doing great. 
We're learning Torah. We're davening with Kavanah. We're giving tzedakah. We're doing chesed. We're being kind. We're patient. We feel like we're in such a good place. We're doing so well. Our ideal selves are emerging. And yet there are other times, for many of us far too many times, where we look around and we wonder, how did I get here? Where is my best self? In my religious life, I can't focus on my praying. My Torah learning is not stimulating. I can't find effort. I can't find conviction. I can't find passion. In my ethical life, I'm in a place of being impatient and selfish and frustrated. I feel my inner Haman coming out. Where's that inner Mordechai? I feel my inner Haman. And along comes Purim to tell me again, none of us really know how, when, and where we are meant to serve God. And he points out here, sometimes we're serving God through our best selves, through our most spiritual self, our Torah learning, praying, chesed doing, responsibility taking self. But sometimes we're serving God in the most mundane ways possible because we don't know. Who knows if we're serving God by just going and buying that quart of milk? by having a conversation with the guy at the grocery store, by ordering something online, who can really understand where our service towards a higher purpose begins and ends? We think we know. We think we know when we're Mordechai and when we're Haman, but we don't really always know. And in fact, on a certain level, we never know. And therefore, we can be shalem and whole with ourselves, our relationship with ourselves, if we put aside the constant judgment. And that's really what this whole Torah is about. Purim is about reaching a place we are not letting our constant judgment, the ego-driven judgment that enables me to think that I really know how things are and how they're supposed to be. I know how God is supposed to be. I know how other people are supposed to be. And I even know who I'm supposed to be. And in order to be whole in our relationships with all those areas, the Slonim Rebbe is telling us we have to put that, that sense of judgment aside. Now, he doesn't mean that we can't assess and that we can't evaluate and we can't aspire. Of course we can. But we can't allow that negative judgment, that I'm Haman, you're Haman, God is treating me like Haman. We can't let those judgments break us down. Those judgments rob us of our spiritual and ethical vitality. They rob us of our strength and energy, and they rob us of our aspirations. So, of course, we're going to judge. Of course, we're going to evaluate. But we have to do it with great humility and without the debilitating effects of those labels. I'm Haman, you're Haman, God's acting, God forbid, like Haman. We have to let go of that level of judgment and acknowledge and reach a place of lo yada, I don't know. I don't know. And because I don't know, I don't have to carry the burden of that judgment around with me. And so Purim, he is arguing, is reaching a place of I don't know of reaching a place where I'm going to put aside all those judgments and labels that I carry with me about others, about life, and about myself, and for that one day a year, gather the strength to break through those. 
and to reach a point of profound connection that goes past all of those judgments that I carry with me. And that, he says, is the secret of Purim. It is the spiritual energy that comes from below. It's not coming from above. We have to develop it from above and allow ourselves to reach that place of intoxication, of not knowing, of not thinking that we know, and just being in a place of acceptance and wholeness and being. Uh, it's one of my favorite Torahs. Uh, I really enjoy it, and hopefully it will add meaning to your Purim as well. And uh, it's a way of getting drunk without drinking anything alcoholic. It may be the best way of all. So thank you for joining me, and I look forward to learning another thinker with you next time. Thank you to our Pardes faculty, and a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning and visit www.pardace.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardace.